Has self-insert fanfiction gone too far or just far enough? We watch My Next Life as a Villainess, All Routes Lead to Doom, and we're here to answer the question, was it a kawaii disappointment? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Kawaii Disappointment, your weekly journey through the worlds of anime. With you, as always, is me, your host, producer, weeb of all trades, and socially awkward, never-smiling best boy, PJ. And I'm the best friend who simps for the main character, and it's unrequited, Skylar. And joining us today once again is our friend and fortune lover fangirl, Beck. I thought I was already a villainous in this life. <laughs> uh, you know what? That's, uh, you know, that's kind of like a subjective question, right? Who are we to different people in our lives? But to us, you are not a villainess because today you are helping us go through the story of a villainess because this week we're watching My Next Life as a Villainess All Routes Lead to Doom as we continue through Best of 2020 month. Well, Beck, why don't you tell me, based on that name alone, what did you think this anime was going to be about? So I think that this is the story of a really good conscientious, kind, respectful, like pure hearted young woman who like dedicates her life to charity and to doing good works. And then she wakes up like ugly Betty style in the body of a villainess. And all of a sudden she's wrapped up in crime and being put in horrible situations. And you know what? She starts to like it. Okay. (laughs) She had that in her the whole time type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I like that. I'd be very interested to see kind of where that goes. I'd be interested to see then once you saw the poster, did your thoughts change at all? No. Looking at this poster, I think that this blonde girl is the one who's woken up as a villainess and she's surrounded by her crime family uh, and being swept up in it. And this is obviously early on where she uh, she's still not loving her new life as a villainess. Well, let's talk about all of the characters on this poster then. We'll we'll finish strong. So, but we'll start uh on the left and move clockwise. So, why don't you tell me about this redhead in the yellow dress? This redheaded girl is like a cousin or something in this crime fa- I'm going to start just to as an overview. This is a crime family. This is like yeah. a whole crime family. We're so, leaning full in here. Full yeah, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um this redhead is like one of the cousins or something like that and she is um She's fully bought into the whole crime family, but the blonde girl is the sweetheart of the crime family. And so um, she's this red haired girl is really jealous of how the two in the front are like the sweethearts of the crime family. And then um, she'll, she's constantly trying to undermine them. Okay, so let's move to this gray-haired boy looking over his shoulder. Um, this gray-haired guy, I can't tell the ages of anybody on this poster so just bear with me um so is this a hot 20 something is this someone's dad i'm not sure so he's <laughs> <laughs> he's like turned away from the rest of them so i think he might be fully scheming to take over this crime syndicate family uh from the older generation and like he'll have to get rid of those front two girls because they're part of the system and um just based on our conversation last time um i imagine this is dane's favorite character Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Uh, Tell me about this softly smiling blonde boy. Okay, um, so I thought this was a woman, so I'm just going to go with what I thought. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think this is the matriarch of the family, so she's like all business. She has her tie on. Um, she's she's married to the lighter blonde haired guy, and they're the parents of the of the blonde girl who has woken up in this crime family. Oh God! So this more debonair, smiling blonde with the cape on is the dad of right. his chlorine family. Cor- then. And Correct. Then the yeah. softly smiling blonde, in your estimation, was the mother. So yeah, I think that um, this person is like cruel and underhanded, like all business, but they totally dote on their daughter. This this blonde girl. Okay, and then this somber-looking black-haired boy. Black haired boy is the um, son of like one of the other people in this crime family. So, because you need a, like a romantic, they can't all be related. Um, so he's um, part of the gang too, and he's like broody and sensitive, and he doesn't really want to be part of this world. So um, he might be able to confide in the blonde girl, and the blonde girl will then maybe eventually tell him that she like isn't supposed to be here. Okay, and then we have this white-haired girl with the red eyes. 
Um, I think she's another member of the crime family. I'm not really sure why she has white hair and red eyes. But I think she is sort of similar to the brooding dark hair guy. She's like not so interested in being part of the family, except that um, family is really important to her. So she has the blonde girl's back and she's a little bit worried about her because she's been acting strange. I don't think that she is working against the system. I think the system is what pays for her lavish lifestyle. So she is willing to be part of it. But I don't think she really cares about it. Okay. And then we have this blonde girl. So the blonde girl is our protagonist who woke up one day in this body of this daughter, favorite daughter of a crime family. And she is, like I said, the daughter of the the two blondes in the back. And she was a nice young woman and woke up in this body. And now she's like, who are these people? And why am I having to be dishonest? And that's why she looks so scared. And finally, this brunette girl dancing with her. Um, I think this brunette girl is the best friend and maybe cousin of the blonde girl. And she loves being bad. Like, this is her jam. So (laughs) she's dragging the protagonist through this crazy world. And she's shady and underhanded. And she can't know the truth about the protagonist because she would totally turn her in. And the truth is that she isn't herself, but is... Right, exactly. She's she's somebody else, but then she also is like learning to to love this world. It's a it's a really long series, so it'll it's really convoluted. Yeah, we're like we're like seven seasons deep on this. Mm-hmm. Now tell me, I guess my only final question for it is: you you keep saying that they're gonna do crime, they're gonna learn to be like bad people and do bad things. How violent do you think this is gonna get? Like, do you think this is gonna be like full like? mafia war levels of violence or is this going to be like you know more like villainy as in like financial crime i guess i sort of white pictured... color crime <laughs> i guess i sort of pictured them being more like mafia but they're so high up in it that they don't do a lot of the dirty work so it's more about their like society like lives and stuff exactly like... and so they'll be in situations where they know something bad is about to happen or they've been involved in setting up someone for something bad to happen, but they're not the ones like, you know, stomping on hands or whatever it is that mafia people do. <laughs> A lot of hand stomping. <laughs> Lots of hand stomping in those mafia movies. <laughs> okay, well, I'm excited to see kind of the growth of this character whose next life is as a villainess. Mm-hmm. as the title would suggest and as your story would suggest. So let's see how many hands get stomped, or I guess none <laughs> would get stomped in this version. Not on screen. Not on screen. No. This is a family show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> as we watch episodes one and two of My Next Life as a Villainess, all routes lead to doom. And we'll be right back with Beck's thoughts on that. So stay tuned. All right, we're back. We watched episodes one and two of My Next Life as a Villainess, All Rodsley to Doom. Beck, tell me, what did you think? Well, I was wrong about who the protagonist is. She is also wrong about who the protagonist is in her own life. I loved it. I have never related so much to an anime that you guys have had me watch. (laughs) I love her. I love her inner monologue brain trust because that's how my brain works, too. (laughs) Yeah, no, um, she's definitely such a unique character the way she's written, <laughs> and the story itself is very unique. Uh, before we start getting too into discussing it, let's go through some housekeeping. So, My Next Life as a Villainess, All Routes Lead to Doom, henceforth going to be referred to as Villainess, because I don't have time to say that every time, is based on a light novel series written by Satoru Yamaguchi that was published from 2014 to present day for 11 volumes. A manga adaptation was also published in Monthly Comic Zero Sum magazine beginning in 2017 and is still ongoing as well, with a current total of seven volumes. A spin-off manga, On the Verge of Doom, ran from 2019 to July 2021 for three volumes. The anime series was directed by Kesuke Inoue and done by Studio Silverlink for Tokyo MX. It aired from April to June of 2021 for 12 episodes. A sequel series, All Routes Lead to Doom X, aired from July to September of 2021 on JNN for 12 episodes plus an OVA. In addition to all of this, the series will be receiving a film, though details are still limited as of now, and there are several video games that have been adapted from this, a demo of the in-universe game Fortune Lover, a free-to-play mobile farming game, and a Nintendo Switch game that takes place after the main series titled Life as a Villainess, All Routes Lead to Doom, the pirate known as Treble. 
With all of that, let's jump into episode one and two. Katarina Clace, a young noble girl, one day bangs her head and recalls lost memories from her past life in which she was an otaku who had been killed in a traffic accident after staying up all night playing an Otoma game known as Fortune Lover. After inadvertently entering an engagement with a young Prince Giordo Stewart, Katarina realizes she is in the world of Fortune Lover itself, reincarnated as the villainess who is doomed to either exile or death regardless of the routes the player takes in the original game. As Katarina begins taking up magic and farming as countermeasures to avoid a doom flag, she acts friendly towards her new adopted younger brother Keith to keep him from becoming lonely. Katarina tries to get Keith to teach her golem magic and ends up getting herself injured, leading Keith to feel guilty, attempting to isolate himself in his room. However, Katarina goes as far as chopping down his bedroom door with an axe to reach him. Katarina is invited to a tea party later, where she meets Mary Hunt, a shy young girl whom she asks for advice on growing her vegetables. As the two become good friends, Katarina unintentionally uses a line from Fortune Lover that Mary's fiancé, Giordo's brother Alan, was originally supposed to say to her. This causes Mary to pay more attention to Katarina. The next day, Alan visits the Clay's household and accuses Katarina of seducing Mary, challenging her to a tree climbing contest as chosen by Katarina. However, he loses every time as Katarina's previous otaku incarnation was an excellent tree climber. To change the tides, as well as wanting the matches to end so as to not be found out by her mother, Katarina suggests a musical competition in which she is blown away when she hears Alan play the piano. Praising his skills, Alan becomes upset when Giordo makes a comment and runs off. As Alan feels inferior compared to Giordo, Katarina, noticing his talent with the piano, shows him that even Giordo has things he's bad at, and that Alan should be proud of his own individuality and strengths, causing Alan's heart to begin healing. And that's episode one and two of My Next Life as a Villainess, All Routes Lead to Doom. Okay, so have you ever played an Atomi game? Back. No, and that was one of my first notes, which is, what is an Otome game? So, Otome games are kind of like story-based games. A lot of times they are very, not actually harry but like you have a lot of romantic choices that you mm-hmm. can make. And depending on how you go through the story, you're going to pick one of the characters. Oh, okay. And it seemed like there were good endings and bad endings, and those were the results for the heroine of the story not the results for katarina yeah so katarina is the villain of the utomi game of a fortune lover and the protagonist is that blonde girl basically uh let's say beck you were playing the game the mm-hmm. game would introduce itself like, oh, I'm going to this new school as, you know, the blonde girl. Like, oh, there's this uh, sexy cold prince who and he like talks to you and then it gives you an option of things to respond to him. And then that character, you know, changes their response based off of what you're saying to them. Um, and then you get endings or good endings because you meet several like different options and then you play through to whatever like love interest that you want. So that's why there were lots of options between Alan and Jordo and Keith. So if you get like a bad ending, it means like you it's not that you didn't play the game uh wrong, but it's like you kind of lose, you know what I mean? They're made so that the person could keep going and playing and playing and playing and playing and seeing all these other different options. Are there a lot of side quests like the tree climbing or like gardening and things like that? Because no. okay, no, it's pretty like storybook scenarios. You know, you'll like have a conversation and it'll be like dun dun dun. Like Katarina Clay's is coming and she's bullying you. Like, how do you respond? Cry, laugh, or like run away? You know what I mean? Hmm. Okay. Um, I was trying to explain it to Noelle today, and I was like, it's not as hard as I'm describing, I promise. And she's like, okay. I'm not sure. It, it doesn't sound especially hard, but is it, like, exciting? It For is. a well, lot I mean, of people, it is. Because it's, it's. I mean, it's just role-playing, right, at the end of okay. the day. I mean, it's kind of like playing D&D or something, right? Like, you are playing your character, and you can choose how to respond, and how you respond affects how characters view and see you. Okay, that does sound fun. And so, like... The trick of it is really just you have to pick the character that you feel like you want to pursue a relationship with and you might make the choice you might make the wrong choices and not lead to that being successful. So then maybe you'd want to play again to try to get them this time, but maybe this time, maybe now the other character is calling your name and that's how people end up playing these games like 75 times and canonically mm. Katarina in her former life has beaten every single literal version of this game <laughs> i i don't know a lot about this world obviously i mean it's sort of a victorian fantasy Period, yeah here like europe e 
what do they called it sorcier sorcier um mm-hmm. and and it's like you know sort of what 1860s ish but sort of skylar sisters costumes which i was really vibing yeah. on the costumes i loved that they're fantastic i didn't i don't imagine in uh real life they actually have eight-year-olds propose to each other in arranged marriages <laughs> I mean, it wasn't arranged. Uh, They were, like, having them meet. And usually, like, you wouldn't. It's more about building a relationship. But Mm. because, like, he injured her or she was the reason why she's injured and her ugly scar is going to keep her from (laughs) it. He, like, did it out of obligation at first. And then we see him, like actually start to like her and they didn't feel like eight-year-olds but they said they were like eight or nine and i was like hmm. for the first like three episodes everyone is children because i the show's really trying to set up like these people have known each other for a long time mm-hmm. around episode four is when they are the adults going to like school, Magic school. That's cool, uh, sure. that you see kind of on the poster and then uh when she like meets the protagonist yeah so i mean what obviously makes this stand out though because this really falls into a lot of common genres so kind of so otome games have are kind of an anime genre onto themselves what can be kind of lame about them is because they're trying to stick very accurately to an actual otome game that they're actually based on they won't ever actually commit to a real love interest because they Mm -hmm. want you to have that same feeling skylar hates that we've talked about this before (laughs) beck And sometimes I feel fucking trapped because I love like a great love triangle. In a Tomy game, it's all reverse harem, right? Do you know what that means? No. Reverse harems are, you know what a harem is, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. So a reverse harem is all men trying to get with a, like mm. a, a girl. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them sometimes catch me off guard and I don't know they're actually based off games. And I've watched too many. I was like, are you fucking kidding me i need some <laughs> romantic resolution and like i have my favorite character and the fact that they're not resolving this in any sort of way like just fuels me with a very special type of rage and so like i literally can't watch them anymore because i don't get the closure that i need oh uh, yeah i get really bored in books or movies or you know tv shows where they just drag out the will they won't they forever i'm like just get them together or don't get them together but let's move on from this so i imagine that would be extremely frustrating for me too yeah so i mean so that's kind of like the genre of otome games that have kind of become like a lot of the reverse harem genre specifically Mm. then there is the isekai genre which is someone kind of going from a normal life and through death or through transportation or through whatever have you kind of finding themselves in a different world usually a much more fantastical one so not always a more fantastical mm-hmm. one, but just a different world, and almost always being the the main hero, main protagonist, and having to kind of like save the world and be the strongest person there. I mean, in general, we have like a lot of different genres at play here. I could keep going through like every type of genre we have, but what what I love about it is that we are completely subverting every trope from everyone in this anime mm. because we have the reverse harem and the otome kind of stuff going on, but. Katarina does not see herself as a romantic lead in this story. So even as characters start to fall for her, she is very focused on her own shit. And I absolutely love that. (laughs) I love when the brother and her fiance are just like trying to vie for her, like, or trying to get her attention and be like, you don't, you're a third wheel right now because they like both have feelings for her. And then she's like, look at them they're getting along so well i know that made me that made me laugh so much i was like oh she is not reading this situation at all yeah (laughs) and like we have uh in terms of the isekai stuff it's very rare that someone comes and is like the villain but when they do they kind of do kind of lean into being the villain and i love that her whole thing is like all right i've played this game i know what fucks up the villain i'm literally just gonna study my ass (laughs) off to be good enough like she's not even like and i mean she kind of is like i need to avoid the evil things that she does but she's so convinced that there's no recourse where something good happens that she's like i need to prepare for exile and just be really good at being exiled everything's like an angle with her where she's just like oh i want you to or like oh i want to see your magic powers if i could learn how to do that they could tend the fields i can make a fortune for after i get (laughs) exiled and like i'm gonna you know yeah i'm gonna learn how to do my magic so that i can do stuff when i'm exiled i'm gonna learn how to grow plants so i can eat while i'm exiled like all she's doing is being like all right even when she's like all right i figured out giordo's afraid of 
snakes, so I've got to make a toy snake in case I accidentally almost get killed by him. <laughs> yeah, 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 to subvert the the bad ending, which you already. Yeah, although he was willing to pick it up, which already throws a wrench in that. Well, no, because it was the toy. It's literally <laughs> just to scare him so she could flee. Oh, so because, she away. Yeah, because in the game, what happens is she attacks the main character, and he gets in between them and strikes her down with his sword. Right. So her whole thing is if he's coming at her with the sword, she's going to throw the snake, he's going to stop, get scared, and she'll already be on her way out. I see. It's interesting she's planning for both inevitabilities. Like, she's planning for the banishment or the death. She's not planning for a third option, but she isn't saying, like, I'm going to die, and she isn't saying I'm going to be banished. She wants to be ready for both. Yes. It's hard to imagine how she'll end up being sadistic, which is how her character was described in the f- in the Fortune Lover game intro. Oh, yeah. It's really, it's really bad. And I mean, to an extent, like, I think this is just her... The tricky thing is she thinks that she's in a video game not playing through someone's life, which is weird, right? But, like, she's like, no, this is a video game, so there's only a handful of options that can actually happen. So mm-hmm. she's not sitting here saying, like, I'm going to become evil, so I need to be prepared for that. She's saying, no matter what I do, this is going to happen. Like, through maybe some, like, weird misconception. Like, the episode of 30 Rock, where um, Liz was just like, oh, yeah, like, I was so kind and everything at, like, you know, my school and stuff. And she was like, hey, how's your father's addiction? And then, like, from their point of view, it's very, like, how's your dad's pill addiction? <laughs> it wasn't through their point of view. That's what she actually said. Liz was a monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where she feels things are going, no matter what. I thought it was funny that she has earth magic, but she's not especially good at growing things. And like Mary's so much better, and Keith's earth magic is so much better. And I was like, man, I feel that. I cannot grow anything. <laughs> Can I say, this is like such a random thing. Had it not been for the subtitles, I would have been like, this guy's name is Kisu, because they keep being like, Kisu, because like that's just how they say Keith in Japanese. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, have you listened to the um, the dub version? How are the- Yes. I watched it uh, both times in dub, because um, if I'm just... Because originally, I was just like, oh, I heard this was funny. I'll put it on while I'm like doing stuff. Yeah. And um, so it's like just a background. So I'll have it on the dub so I don't have to pay attention. And then I like I immediately started. I was just like, nope, gotta watch it. This is so amazing. This <laughs> yeah. is so funny. I kept while watching it just being just laughing and giggling and just being like, God, I really love this. This is so PJ, delightful. I yeah, was laughing great. so hard. Uh, PJ woke up because he had like it was late at night and I had ordered myself some ice cream for like Sonic. So he like came out and it's just me like gorging on like ice cream and blue water. And he's like, what do you do? I was like, this anime is really funny. So he sat down in like episode three and we literally just binged the rest of it together. Oh, that's awesome. It's funny because I had watched all of this except for episode one and two. So watching oh. episode one and two for this for for the recording of this, I was like, oh, so that's how this started. <laughs> uh, but I will say for the dub, I specifically, I mean, A, we typically tend to default to uh, the sub over the dub. But right. specifically for this one, I didn't want to go dub because I, I like the dub a lot. Like, really? I think it's really good. Except for when they're kids. All of their kid voices are very bad. Ugh. Well, because it's just them. It's just the same voice actors doing very bad kid impressions. Yeah, it's literally uh, me. Okay. Uh, so, like, this is me. This is how I'm talking. And it's just like, I'm I'm me, but I'm, I'm 10 now. <laughs> and so, like, I was like, you know what? The dub's good, but not for the first three episodes, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that makes sense. And if that's what we're watching, then we're not doing dub. <laughs> Did I miss something with Keith's backstory? I know that they were like, the mom thought it was maybe an illegitimate son from a mistress, and they they were fighting, but now they love each other again, and I didn't see what the resolution so there was. His, so he is actually the, illimi- Ill- the illegitimate son of a different his family dad. Member. So like, of mm. the Clace, you know, the larger Clace royal family. I say royal family, the wealthy family. Right. Yeah. Like, let's say it's, I I would assume it's probably the father's, like, brother or cousin or whatever. He's that person's illegitimate son. And then when he did, like, the whole, like, accidentally hurting his really shitty 
brothers with his half earth brothers. magic, his half brothers with his earth magic, and they like demonized him. Katarina's dad took him in. Okay. And so, like, from her point of view, she's like, why are you randomly adopting this child who looks like you because they're family? Uh huh. You know, like, randomly. Like, why? Out of nowhere? And then he was just like, just trying to be like a good family member. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. But can I say, like, yeah, fuck Keith's half brothers. Seriously. Yeah, they're trying to hurt those birds. I know. I was like, nothing better happen to those birds. I'm done here. <laughs> Keith made sure. Keith made sure of that. And then everyone on that fam. But you know what? That's so typical where they're all like, wow, Anime. you're a monster. Yeah. It was very uh, Frozen 1. Like, conceal, don't feel. <laughs> don't, don't let it yeah. show. Yeah. Honestly, like, uh, an aside for a second, how terribly did Elsa's parents handle having a special child? Oh my gosh, the, the worst. worst. The worst. The trolls are like, she needs to learn to control it. Fear is the enemy of this. And then their parents are like, got it. Make her afraid of her powers. Tell her not to use them. Make her terrified that if she uses them, she'll hurt someone. Lock her in a palace. That's that's it, right? Fucking atrocious. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Every Like, so much would... like. No, I mean, and obviously, right, that's how stories work, right? Nothing would have happened otherwise. But, like, man, if they had just been, like, halfway decent and actually listened to the trolls about their actual advice, like, she just would have grown up, like, pretty cool. Eh. Uh, but, like, <laughs> never had, like, this weird blow-up. But you could have still told the story where, like, she has a weird blow-up, but obviously you miss out on a lot of the like letting it go of right it all. yeah if they just if they said back to the trolls what they thought they heard then the trolls could have been like oh wait nope that's not what i said <laughs> wait 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 what i what i said was everything you're doing don't do that <laughs> but like real talk that probably would have been similar to what keith's life would have been like definitely and what i really like about katarina and it's, again, what I really like is her kind of obliviousness, even with her council of Katarinas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, you know, is very kind of inside out but also just very funny on, an, on its own. I love it so much. I love the mustached one. On yes, the, the, the chairman. Chance, the chairman, yes. <laughs> Fearless, spineless, happy, studious, and the chairman. That's perfect. <laughs> Uh, and every time the committee comes to an agreement, it's always so funny. Oh, it's so funny. I What I didn't really understand, I guess, and maybe they explain it, not everyone has magic, right? No, it's actually almost exclusively the wealthy, which is why, and I mean, Ugh. kind of like a little spoilery for the future. A lot of times in Otome games, when you play the main character, you as the main character are like, the special one like you're some there's something special or unique about you and you're almost always like some sort of commoner in like mm -hmm. this wealthy school i was gonna say and her specialness is she's poor well yeah her her the main character like the blonde girl that you meet later on the one that's the actual main character the her specialness like maria i think yes maria is that she is a commoner that has magic a and she has the rarest type of magic uh okay yeah, because we kind of only met people with earth magic. Yeah, so far, yeah. you've only met people with earth magic. Okay. There's uh, a few other types of magic. I mean, uh, yeah, Katarina being earth magic. Uh, there's a person with like wind magic, water magic. Mm, fire like, magic. Fire magic, you know, elemental magic. Okay. And then there's light magic, which is what uh, the protagonist has. has. And then there's uh, a rumored dark magic. Hmm. <laughs> Mysterious. I did like that. I, I was worried after like the first handful of things that Katarina tried to do that failed and ended up exactly where she didn't want them that Keith was going to be the same. But then I liked that she busted his door open with an axe and was like, nope, we're going to be friends. That's what I'm Anna not letting done. you. Right? Seriously. It's exactly what Anna should have done. <laughs> <laughs> this is just fro the first episode of this is just frozen. Right. But I mean, like, to that point, that's kind of something that I love about it is that, again, 
even how oblivious she is to her impact on people, Katarina is making a positive impact on everyone's lives that she's met so far and continues totally. to do so as the show goes yeah. on. Like, you know, you get that the fact that Giordo was kind of going to be engaged to her regardless and then was kind of out of obligation, out of obligation, and then was kind of going to be subjected by her and become very dark hearted. But like, because she's very like, no, like, it's fine. Like, you do you. Like, he kind of starts to like actually like, like want her and like his whole like character trope is he's the bored prince and he like has a false smile but he's like a a wolf in sheep's clothing type thing like he's really mean and snarky but like he's like oh yeah i'm perfect i smile and but like he's just fucking bored by everyone and katarina interests him and he's like whoop oh you make me laugh that's (laughs) all it takes i get that and then you have keith who was supposed to like just become super isolated and just beat down and like tortured essentially by Katarina. And even when he tries to isolate himself without the torture, she opens up to him and is like, no, like you're not going to be alone. And that stops him from becoming like, you know, this very like- A man whore. Essentially a man whore (laughs) where he was so lonely growing up that he seeks comfort in in every woman that he meets. And then you also have uh, Alan who- is like kind of destined to always be in his brother's shadow. And then Katarina shows him that like, no, like you guys are different people that are good at different things. And you have Mary who like is very self-conscious about herself. And this one's a little different though, because Alan is supposed to show her that she has worth and Katarina shows her instead. And that's where you get in this anime, a lot of girls who are into Katarina. (laughs) Yep. Nice. Everyone falls in love every with Katarina. Single, let me love tell you, it. this is a spoiler, not spoiler. Every single character on this poster that is not Katarina is in love with Katarina. Oh, that's awesome. I guess I you touched on it a little bit earlier, but I was surprised that characters had crushes on Katarina because the way she described it based on the game, it's like she's supposed to be with Jordo and then like terrorizes the other, everyone else. Exactly. And then everybody else is an option for Maria. And even Jordo is an option for Maria. But even just watching the first two episodes, you're like, wait, so her fiance likes her and her brother maybe likes her and Ellen likes her her, and Maria likes her. So basically, yes, if she hadn't hit her head, remember how like bratty and shitty she was? Yeah, she was rough. Yeah. So if she had not hit her head, it would have gone the pathway of the game. But because she uh, got concussed and remembered her past life and like that she wasn't a bad person essentially (laughs) i mean i guess that's all like rich breeding blah 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 like you are what you surround yourself with (laughs) and the wealthier evil no Mm, no and Mm -hmm. they get magic rude I know. Only the wealthy get magic. So she would have been shitty, but because, like, she's trying, because she's at her core and actually a good person, like, everyone just loves her. Because, like, she's not out here doing bad things. She's not terrorizing people. And that's what made her a villain in the game. But, like, what PJ said, it's not a game. She's just influencing people's lives because she's living her life as a good person. And so, I mean, I guess it's a spoiler and I'll have to find out, but so we're not in a game. These are real people. Right. Yes. I mean, it's also insanely complicated because you have to also think about just like the logistics of how realities work because you're essentially in a different reality now. So you could argue that it is still a game to in our in in her reality, but it is in a game here. It's almost like if you were trying, I mean, to uh, the best example I can give is uh, the phenomenal Disney Channel original movie, Teen Beach Movie, if you've ever seen it. Oh! No, No, I have not. Uh, The amazing uh, Disney Channel original movie, Teen Beach Movie, involves two characters who essentially get sucked into a movie from the uh, 1960s, which is called Wet Side Story. (laughs) (laughs) And they start affecting everyone in it. At first, it starts off a little pleasant, Philly. Where, like, they're kind of corrupting it, but instead they kind of change it to the extent that, spoiler alert, in Teen Beach Movie 2, it changes so much that the movie changes in their world, and then retroactively it changes their lives because the movie was made differently and it creates this whole butterfly effect. As a feminist, Beck would love Teen Beach Movie 2. Teen Beach Movie 2, peak feminism for the Disney Channel original movie (laughs) scene. 
as a feminist, <laughs> I support Teen Beach Movie too. <laughs> but you know, it's kind of like that where they are essentially going into something that, in their reality, some like a very limited series media. But mm-hmm. when they are transported into it, it's its own world, right? They're not in the movie; they're in this world, and they affect it. Oh, okay. The food and the flowers are beautiful in this. Oh my god, the roses. The whole tea party and the garden were absolutely stunning. I just the way it's animated, it looked like a painting, almost like watercolor and kind of out of focus. It was so like that garden really was beautiful. It's and very soft. And then the food obviously at the party looked great. I think my favorite moment, the part I laughed hardest at was when Katarina's like, wow, no one's eating at this tea party. I wish I had a bag so I could just take these treats home. And then Keith is like, A, don't do that. It would embarrass mom. And B, also, you're rich. And then she's like, okay, (laughs) you're right. I can't just put these in a bag. So I'll just eat them all right now. (laughs) Yeah. As if that wouldn't be embarrassing to their family. Oh my gosh. And then she immediately just like, has to go to the bathroom yeah i wanted to eat all that food too it was such it felt like a almost like a joke about people in los angeles like great food nobody ever eats kind of a thing <laughs> oh i mean 100 i mean the wealthy like having food as decoration not as food <laughs> for Sustenance. sure yeah poor mary had her sisters her half sisters just like hate her and think she's a bother all these people with their tortured family backstories yeah i mean that's what makes good characters though and um you know oh, i've never once created a DD character who has a normal like happy family <laughs> and that's also a big thing in otome games because you are then able to be the person that like heals them or mm-hmm. hurts them and that's how you get good or bad endings so like Obviously, it ends up being a lot of people who need love, and you are the person that gives them that love, which is like a little toxic, but it is what it is. <laughs> I thought it was really funny when Alan accused her of seducing Mary. He's I mean, not he's wrong. Not wrong. <laughs> no, it, I mean it's not, not intentional, but like she's in love with him. And again, her. that's the delightful thing about it, and I think that's what makes this stand out on its own is that Katarina is not here to fall in love with anybody. She's not here to live in high society. She's not here to do anything other than try to survive every doom flag she comes across and eat every sweet she can get her hands on. (laughs) Uh, I really want her to get a romantic partner. I don't really care who. (laughs) I like them all at this point. Not Jordo so much and maybe not her brother. So maybe I like Alan and Mary best. I also really liked after when Alan comes and accuses her and the maid's just standing in the background covering her face. <laughs> I was like, like just, I'm not here. Don't look at me. This is awkward. This is shameful. I like that he just kept coming over and then like just started hanging out with Katarina. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a part where he's like, yeah, we'll eat, we'll challenge later. Let's like eat food first. <laughs> yeah. And then like when Giordo's there and he's just like, why, why are you here? And he's like, Oh, like, I could visit my fiancé whenever I want. Why are you here? Yeah. Can I say... Are you engaged? I love... It's it's true. Uh, But I do love that uh, through everything, like, her... The reason that she is, like, going through and changes the challenge is so that uh, her mom won't find out about the tree climbing. But then... When she scares Giordo, he's like, I'm going to go fucking tell your mom, you little bitch. I know. <laughs> he sucks. He's not my favorite. But I also, like, <laughs> I I kind of respect it a little bit because, like, she, like, literally purposely scared him with his biggest fear just to, like, prove a point. And he's like, I'm telling your mom. That's true. <laughs> Maybe that's the the twinges of being her being sadistic (laughs) and then she's like i also kind of like and don't like but i do like that her mom clearly is the mother of a villain Mm -hmm. right like she is like lady tremaine and she wants her daughter to be one of the evil stepsisters and she's kind of a little upset that she isn't (laughs) but like they still really love her, and I oh, love yeah. that. Like, I love that she has a family that does love her, and like, she just she shares that warmth. Definitely. Yeah, and you know, I'm sure all the servants are also so happy. <laughs> oh yeah, I bet that makes their lives a lot easier. Because she was so mean to them in that that first like five minute segment before she remembers her past life. And oh yeah, that and, was rough. When, and that means that like, clearly she's been mean to them for like at least I don't know 
four Eight to years. five years. Obviously, probably not as a baby. No, she was super mean as a baby. Yeah, <laughs> Honestly, I think the baby. first thing I wrote was, oh, she's a brat. Yeah. And then- <laughs> Me, what a fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, why did you bring me my blue ribbon? You asked for the blue ribbon. No, I didn't. You're all fired. Fucking <laughs> okay, gaslighter girl boss. Gatekeep. I liked her description of herself as being 17 plus nine years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's, but it's true because she has the nine years of experience she had. Those memories didn't go away, which is right, another right. interesting thing in terms of the isekai genre. Usually when someone transports into the other world, it's either just as themselves or they kind of go into a body and are like new in it. But in this, she remembers a past life instead. Mm. So instead she has the first nine years of her life and then the memories and experiences of the other 17 years of life that she lived. In my incorrect guess of what this show was about, I had imagined that the character would not remember the new body's life. Like she'd remember her old life, but not being part of this crime family. Which is, right. which is very accurate for the genre. This is just subverting mm-hmm. that. It's very complicated. It's very complicated in the way that it's handled. Just even here, like, right? Like, it's hard to describe. It's hard to kind of get a grasp on. But what you do get at the end of the day is this very funny, very sweet anime that's just a delight to watch. Yeah, it's so cute. And with everything, it's kind of topped off by uh, some very interesting, very unique, very delightful original music. So let's talk about, obviously we have this very kind of regal, enchantry music in the background throughout the series. But we do have, as well, an original OP, an original outro. So let's talk about that intro, which is Otome no Route wa Hyotsu Janai, which is There's More Than Just One Route for a Maiden by Angela. Beck, what did you think? I really liked it. I really liked all the music in this. Like you said, there's sort of that fancy, old-timey, upper-class vibe. But at one point, I think we had bagpipes, and the music that Alan plays on the piano was beautiful. Um, And then, yeah, this, I felt like it was sort of, it's very poppy, but almost into pop punk. Um, Really fast, female singer. I like that there's that, like, Beethoven moment in the middle. Um, And then there's also this point in the middle of it that's like, it almost reminds me of um, the I'm just a poor boy from a poor family part of um, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, 100%. It's really a varied piece of music. Yeah, it's almost like three songs in one. And I'd say like, you have the like, the main song, which is kind of like broken up by two other songs which i feel like it's broken up by what you said the beethoven part and then that weird like that part yeah. and it's very disjointed but like kind of also in a still in a very cohesive way uh and the visuals very much lend itself to it it's, it's very much like no we're telling you different parts of the story with different songs in a way mm-hmm. yeah i really liked it i guess as i'm just a poor boy nobody loves me is what it actually is Oh, I, I like the na 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 No, yeah. It has so many levels to it. It's literally so fun. You could just tell that the artist is having so much fun because it is very it like when it begins, it's that very jokey kind of voice. Like and then she's very talented singer. Like she goes into like all these different types of styles. When she's doing like the opera singing, I was like, damn, that's cute. I love this. Yeah, I really liked it. And I like seeing the the animation in it and seeing the characters as we're going to see them, especially because we only got them as the kids in this. Yeah. Yeah. I love the teacup part. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many del- just uh, delightful visuals in it. And, you know, again, like it starts off almost like the intro of the video game and then moves into like the intro for the anime. Yeah. We can talk about it all day. It's very, it's very good. It's very delightful. That's the word I would use. Uh, and then we have our outro song, which is Bad End by Shota Aoi. 
Beck, what did you think of that one? I also really liked it. Again, it's that sort of pop punk combination. I It's got a really sort of androgynous singer. So that was really fun. I really liked this piece. I, I liked it as an end for for the episode. Yeah, I just like the first one. I really liked it. This one was more straightforward. I I feel like in a different anime, these would be reversed. Like this is supposed to be the intro and the mm. intro is supposed to be the outro. That's interesting. I would agree because like is very kind of delightful and poppy and bubbly and the outro it gets you ready for the rest yeah and the outro is a little more serious you know it kind of has mm-hmm. like a rockier intensity, intensity and it, it really lends itself to what would be a very epic intro and instead you get this very epic outro and this very bubbly intro which is the exact opposite of what we usually get mm-hmm. right but i think it's, it's almost perfect right because that's kind of what it's this subverting is, it's, everything. Again, everything about this anime is subversion of the of genres. Mm-hmm. But I also think like it kind of speaks to the show that we're getting is the intro, and the outro is almost like the show that Katarina thinks that we're getting. Mm. Okay, yeah. Oh, I like that. You know, where, I mean, again, it's literally called Bad End. Like, it's one of the bad endings, you know? Right. And that's <laughs> what she thinks is going to happen at every point. Again, all routes lead to doom. <laughs> yeah. Right. But yeah, I mean, overall, it's really just a solid song, though. Like, I really like it. Uh, and very different vibes. Again, like, as we've talked about, very different vibes between the intro and yeah. outro. Well, I'm curious to uh, talk a little bit more about those vibes as we jump into our next segment. What modern or contemporary artist do you think would have done a good job with these anime intros and outros? Beck, why don't you tell me who you think could have done a good job with There's More Than Just One Rat for a Maiden? Um, I went with Tonight Alive. Oh, okay, Tonight Alive has come up on the podcast before. I do think that their vibe is maybe a little grimmer than the outro. Like, their songs are mm. very... And I would say also Paramore are a little, like, emo-y. And this intro is, I would say, very bubbly. But vocally phenomenal. Yeah, where pop and punk really meet because they weren't straight pop songs, but then they also are not straight punk songs. And they're way more poppy than punky, but I yeah. Was... Yeah, vocally, I say great. I, I would personally say I don't see any of the pop punk in this intro, personally. Mm. It's just very bubble pop to me. Like, this is just very, like, something very airy, very high energy. Which is why I personally went with Hoku. Mm. Interesting. Oh, yeah. No, I hear that. I think vocally, though, they actually kind of hit a very similar register, ironically Mm -hmm. enough. But I mean, I think that's kind of what we're going for at the end of the day, because you're right. I mean, it's kind of hard to capture this vibe because, again, it is three songs, A, but B, it's so (laughs) unique regardless. So I'm curious to see what you pick, Skylar. Okay. I was very like just the female side of 18s for a really long time. Because, like, when it's hitting the chorus part, um, I was just like, Dan, this sounds like an 18 song, especially with the pacing and everything. If I can't, like, choose just the female side, I think Rebecca Black would have a lot of fun with this. And I know she has the talent to sound very cutesy and operatic. And um, uh, some of her songs match uh, the way the chorus is sung. All right. I can, I can see Rebecca Black. I haven't listened to her new album. It just dropped. Girlfriend mm. is such a great song, you guys. Highly. I haven't listened yet. The beginning of Girlfriend's pretty poppy, pretty bubblegum boppy. I don't know why I said like <laughs> bubblegum <that>. pretty- boppy. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty like a bubblegum pop. I like it. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I kind of think that our selections are very indicative of this intro because, again, it's just such a hard theme to pick down that we all went like completely different places, <laughs> which I kind of love, honestly. But I feel like the outro has a little bit more consistent of a vibe. So let's see where we ended up with that. So, Beck, why don't you tell me who you picked for Bad End? For Bad End, I picked Seosin. Oh, God, I haven't heard Seosin. Yeah, Seosin is actually, I'd say Seosin is a great choice for this. It, it captures the Thank vibe. You. And, you know, I feel like there were a lot of safe answers. And I feel like this is a better answer than the safe answers. Hey, nice. Uh, I love it. Uh, Skylar, who did you go with? I went with DHT. Oh, they did the remix to Listen to Your Heart. Yes, 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 yes. They have the (laughs) weight. She has a voice that matches. She has the talent. It has that grim intensity for a bunch of other different songs. It's perfect. Perfect pacing. Yeah, as soon as 
you said that, I was like, oh yeah, I you've super made me listen to the DHT version of Listen to Your Heart, which I love. <laughs> yeah. Very good. I really like it. I went a different route, but I think it's because I was trying to find something more rocky and I had forgotten about Sayasin, which is probably the, the best choice. This might sound weird, but just think about it for like, I don't know, a second. I went with Heart. Oh, <laughs> listen yeah. to your heart. No. <laughs> yeah, I can hear that. I, I don't know. There's some part in the chorus that gave me very Barracuda vibes. I can hear that. Yeah, the way like she she does sing with that like lower register. But overall, um, we all went for obviously very, you know, emotional ballady rock and mm-hmm. emotion, you know, deep register female vocalist vibe. But yeah, I'd say phenomenal choices all around for the outro. This was not a bad end for the segment. Eh? Eh? Uh, hey. <laughs> uh, and not a bad end for the for this part of the episode because that is where we are going to take a quick break because we are going to go and watch some additional clips, get some additional context, and see what Beck's closing thoughts are. So we'll be right back. Stay tuned. <laughs> All right, we're back and we had Beck watch some additional clips, some additional context, some additional romances, some additional insults, some additional magic. After all of that, Beck, tell me, what do you think of My Next Life as a Villainess? All routes lead to doom. Uh, I love it. I think it's so funny. And what you guys showed me, like, I love it even more. She's so oblivious. Everybody's in love with her. I I really like, actually, it's not like a thing that girls have crushes on girls. And she's worried that her brother has a crush on a boy she likes. But it's not because of boys liking boys. It's like, because she has a crush on him. I thought that was cool. Like, it's not even an issue. Yeah, it's honestly very progressive in that sense because as i mean we've talked about on the podcast before i mean japan not super duper chill with like homosexuality yeah um, i was surprised consistent level because of that yeah i guess i have two questions to kind of levy at you here did you end up with a favorite character and whether it's the same character or not who of everyone you saw would you choose for katarina to end up with um my favorite character is katarina i love her i love her brain trust and her strategy sessions the clip you guys showed me where she has having a brain trust session while she sleeps and then wakes up or mumbles to herself about it while she's sleeping i thought that was so funny she's constantly planning and scheming but so oblivious to people around her and their crushes on her and they'll profess their undying love to her and she's like well i love you too friend She's like the epitome of like a friend zoner. Oh, seriously. <laughs> Although, like I said before, I really would like her to to get to have a crush of her own. And the Nicole, who she had a crush on in the sort of flashback, I liked him. But if I had to choose who I would have her be with, it would be Alan. I think they've got fun vibes. They compete against things. Yes. She's got his number. Like, that's how you get him to do anything is be like, well, I'm going to win. <laughs> um, I really like them. I love how he, like, just doesn't realize that he's in love with her. Mm-hmm. Like, but he is. <laughs> yeah. They all are. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised she's still engaged because we keep seeing all of these people love her. But it sounds like her and Giordo's engagement is still uh, going strong. It's so funny because she keeps trying to give him like free will. Because again, like the whole plot in the game is like he's obligated. Like he has to do this. It's against his will. Mm -hmm. And so like she's constantly reminding him, especially like later on. She's like, you know... If you don't want me, that's okay. Like, my my wound has healed. Like, I'm not scarred. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to be with... And he's like, what are you talking about? Of course I do. Because he's in love with her. Yeah, and she's like, you could just date other people, Giordo. And she's like... And he's like, stop what it. What other people? <laughs> Aww, poor Giordo. Skylar, uh, who's your favorite character? And who would you uh, have Katarina end up with? My favorite character is Lady Mary. I love how intense she is with her affections, how manipulative (laughs) and like she's just so funny about it. But also um, my choice is the same as Beck. Is it because he's voiced by Bryce Pappenbrook? Probably. (laughs) Probably. But yeah, I love that he like 
doesn't realize that he's in love with her. Oh, and he's, <laughs> and he's got the there. fun, messy hair and the rolled up sleeves. He's not as proper <laughs> as the other ones. You it's want- also Dane's favorite character. Yeah, you want that rakish guy. All right. I agree with a lot of your guys' points. All of your guys' points, really. My personal favorite character is Sophia because she actually probably, in my opinion, has like the deepest story uh, yeah. outside of Katarina. It gets weird. Oh, I felt bad for her in that library. Yeah. (laughs) But Sophia honestly ends up being probably my favorite character by the end of the series, hands down. Uh, The person I would personally uh, ship her with, uh, honestly, from the beginning of the show, also probably was Alan. I think we're all in agreement Mm -hmm. that Alan and her have like a fun chemistry even in like the beach scene that we watched in the clips you know everyone is very much vying, vying for her attention i think there's kind of something special in the fact that he doesn't realize that he's into her so that he doesn't treat her that same way yeah I, I think that's kind of something that we're all picking up on a little bit it's like the difference in their relationship makes it stand out yeah my second choice would be giardo like i know that sounds basic but it's true I don't really know Nicole enough to say I like his sly smile or whatever it is, but I don't... He's very quiet. Okay. <laughs> I could say you still don't know that much about him after, <laughs> as it continues. Yeah. It's a shame her friends all think she's too stupid to scheme. <laughs> That's too bad for her. <laughs> Well, all right, we have your thoughts, we have your favorites, your ships, all of our ships are Alan. Uh, So I think that leaves only one thing to do. And so, you know, in true Otome game style, you know, we've we've come to the end and now there's only the possibility of a good ending or a bad ending. And as it always comes, there's one question laid before you with options. And what you pick is going to determine if we uh, go down a doom flag or not. So, Beck, it all falls on you. And the question is, would you keep watching My Next Life as a Villainess all routes lead to doom? I don't want a bad ending. I would watch this anime. All right. We have successfully reached the good ending, by which I mean a kawaii success in the book, three for three. And another just... Continuing down the line of successor best of 2020 month, again, how could you not? Uh, and uh, a great, yeah, just great Kawhi success. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, it's great. I'm really glad I watched this one. But that's not where this ends. Because it's time for Is There an AMV for That? AMV, anime music videos. Is there an AMV for that? All right, Beck, you know the rules. Give me a song and artist for my next life as a villainess. I had a really hard time because I was thinking, is it a song about like bad girls? Is it because she's not really, but she you think she's going to be? And then I, so I looked and looked and what I came up with was Poison by Belle Biv DeVoe. Because that's what they think she is, but she's not really. Well, she's the only one that thinks that. <laughs> right. It's what the game wants her to be. Unfortunately, uh. no AMV for Poison, or I mean, more obviously, no Bill Biv DeVoe songs. <laughs> so unfortunately, that is going to be zero points. So, But as our new tradition, whenever we do get a zero pointer, we do go through the top three AMVs, just so we kind of see what the vibe should have been or could have been. <laughs> our, our top three are Sweet But Psycho mm. <laughs> by Ava Max. In the number two spot, we have Kings and Queens by Ava Max. Whoop. Fitting a vibe here. Yeah. Uh, and our third one, we have Cheap Thrills by Sia. Okay. Interesting. I was like, this was almost a Melanie Martinez. I know. <laughs> yes. Uh, definitely Toilet Bound Haruka Kun getting all three Melanie Martinez songs almost, uh, yeah, almost happened funny. here uh, with Ava Max, but Ava Max did not get to the max uh, and cut off before the third. But um, that doesn't mean that there's not a chance you could still walk away with one point. Because, Beck. It is time for the super secret, not so secret bonus point. Is there an AMV for my next life as a villainess? All routes lead to doom, to evanescence, bring me to life. Do you think it'll exist, Beck? I I know it's a newer anime, so it's not necessarily guaranteed that there will be one. But I think because she's literally waking up to the fact that she is uh, a character from a video game, I'm going to say yes. 
No, uh, it does not exist. (laughs) This is is not remotely dark enough of an anime for you to have tried to go for it. Uh, So unfortunately, we end up with a big zero on the board. My first zero. Uh, You know what, though? You join the hallowed halls because this has been a zero month. (laughs) Not many successful kawaii, uh, not many successful AMV rounds this month. The kids aren't making it anymore. The kids aren't making it. It's not even just that, you know, it is, um, again, they are newer anime, so it's not, it's not super on you guys. YouTube is out. TikTok is in. You know what? If TikTok had a better way of searching for things, (laughs) I might try to include TikTok because there are, there is a decent AMV community on TikTok. I mean, shout out. I'm sorry. You're welcome on TikTok. Longtime listener, longtime TikTok AMV creator. (laughs) Talented. Very talented. But unfortunately, that is zero points. But a Kawaii success in the book and another great showing by Beck. Beck, thank you, as always, for coming on. Thank you both. This was really fun. I'm super glad you enjoyed the anime. And I hope you had a good time here today. And I hope our listeners had a good time listening to you. I hope you all had a good time, a fun time, a villainess time. Not quite a villainess, more an oblivious dummy, but a very heartfelt at the same time kind of time. But until next time, we hope your wait isn't a kawaii disappointment. I've been PJ. I've been Skylar. I've been Beck. Have a good one, everyone. Don't get a bad ending. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Kawaii Desupod. On Facebook, you can also find the official Kawaii Disappointment group where you can interact with us as well as other fans of the podcast. Or go to our website, kawaiidesupod.com, for links to the socials as well as all of our episodes. That's K-A-W-A-I-I-D-E-S-U-P-O-D.com. Spread the word about us, and if you feel so inclined, leave a review on iTunes. It really does help. 